doing Bible heroes. And this, for me, this is my Bible hero. Um, so I wanted to look at the character and the story of Peter. And he is essentially the first disciple. So I wanted to go all the way back to the start, where Peter comes in in, in, the, in the Bible. So he is essentially the first disciple, along with his brother Andrew. And Jesus called them on the beach. If he, I, was, I was having a great time just picturing how this would be, that Jesus was wandering down the sort of pebbly beach, and he comes across Andrew uh, and Peter. Who, who was actually called Simon at the time, we'll come on to that. So Jesus called them to come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Okay? So Jesus renamed Simon and he called him Peter, the rock. And let me list off some of the sort of relevant events around the life of Peter. So Peter um, was right with Jesus from the beginning of his ministry and he would have witnessed many miracles and being present at many of the teachings. He was present at the transfiguration with James and John. That's, that would stick in your mind, I think. He walked on water towards Jesus, with the result of starting to sink when he took his eyes off of Jesus, and when his faith took a bit of a dip, and when his trust took a bit of a dip. Peter is remembered for his denial of Christ, his pain at not being able to be true to his word, true to his faith. Even when questioned, it wasn't, he, he was in the, the, uh, the courtyard of Caiaphas, and it wasn't even one of the sort of guards or somebody like that. It was a young servant girl that said to him, hey, aren't you, aren't you one of Jesus' mates? But he denied it. He, he couldn't stand up, having, having only days before said, oh, do anything. I'll go, I'll go to the end with you, Jesus. I'm there. I'm there. Have you ever had that thing where you're almost giving yourself a little pep talk? I'm not going to behave in that way. I'm not going to do that thing that I know is sinful. I'm totally sold out for Jesus. And then maybe you stumble. Is it just me? Has anybody had that? The very thing that you've been so sure about, you've been so adamant that you are so strong about suddenly just goes out the window and you've forgotten it. I like Peter because he's kind of a bit of a regular guy. He's a rough fisherman. He wasn't a trained rabbi. He had a Galilean accent, which in some ways would have pitched him in, in Jerusalem at that time as, a, as a, an uneducated working man. No, no bad thing in my book. What I find so appealing about the story of Peter is that God, as with so many characters in the Bible, will use the most unlikely. That's a blessing. This one in particular seems to have a bit of a torrid time with his faith journey. But God takes him and uses him, despite all his failings and weaknesses. Jesus knew when he first saw Peter that he was the rock. And it was that rock that the early church would be built before. It was before that rock that the church was built. It was Peter who preached the first preach post-crucifixion. After being filled with the Holy Spirit at the beginning of the book of Acts, 
It is Peter that preaches the message of the good news for all. That's good news for all of us, everybody here, everybody across the earth. Jew, Gentile, black, white, any colour, uh, women, men, it's everybody. This is the good news for all. And as a result, the glory of God was seen in that day, resulting in 3,000 people that were baptised. That would have been quite some baptism service. <laughs> so that's kind of the, the Peter bits that came up for me. These are the sort of headlines in, 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 my, in my way of thinking. Um, but there are just two points. So we've only got to remember two things today. There's two points that I wanted us to look at. And these are the sort of take-home messages. The first point I believe God wants us to hear this morning requires us to see where Peter has come from and where he is at the end of the point that we're looking at now, the scriptures in Acts. So his journey is quite something. We, we need to understand Peter's journey from that day on the shoreline, when Jesus asked him to come and follow him, to the day that he finds himself in prison, chained, about to go to the council the next day, and more than likely be put to the sword. You see, I think we have to see the transformation that comes with his journey and experiences. There is a particular verse that I want to look at. Uh, and this verse actually was highlighted. We did a Bible study in our, in our Ditford Mission community um, and we looked into this bit and actually it was uh, Fiona Kendall that, that brought this up and it's really stuck in my head. Um, the bit that I want to highlight is this, it's Acts 12, verse 6. Uh, the night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Is there, is, is anybody, is there anything anybody finds odd about that? Thank you, Andy. Absolutely. I mean, how on earth is he asleep? How can you be asleep? You're about to... You're in a serious, serious situation, and yet Peter is asleep. There's three words in that. He was asleep. He knows the score. He's in a pretty sticky situation, and he's probably going to be killed the next day. There's only a few chapters earlier in the book of Acts that Stephen, having been arrested... And then was addressing the council and giving a, a blooming good preach. In, in my word, if you look at Acts 7, it's a, a great bit of scripture. Um, he's up, at, up at, before the council and he uh, gives a great message about um, the good news for all, about the story of Christ, about Israel. And he is, it, it just says he's taken out and stoned. End of. We've just seen James was just put to the sword. And then Peter is here. You know, he would have, this would have all been in his mind, and yet he's asleep. So I wanted to, I, it woke me up, as it were, to think about why was he able to sleep. And I came up with this. I think it's as a result of his faith journey that has brought him to a place of peace and a true understanding of trust. You see, I think for Peter, his chains actually were already gone in that prison cell. He had a firm foundation to his faith now. He knew through his faith journey, God
God had been with him all the time, so he now had a new confidence. I'm not suggesting that he wasn't thinking, it's okay, I can go to sleep because God's going to sort this out. I believe it's more to do with the full immersion into the ways of God that brings us a certain peace and understanding. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, a a bit of scripture that many of you will know. For the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. So that's, that's why, that's the first point. I want us to sort of almost think about peace and trust and where we are on our faith journey. Okay, so the other point from this bit of scripture, point number two of the two points that we're, we're doing, is this whole praying bit. So it's like sort of comedy, you saw it in the drama, it's a slightly sort of odd situation to have all these people in here praying, praying, praying. Oh, Peter, you know, Lord, will you please release Peter? And then somebody's saying, oh, Peter's at the door. And, we don't be- and they don't believe it. It's, it's, it's looking for that answered prayer. And yet they're shocked when it, when it actually happens, when it comes through. So I wanted to sort of, does this highlight for us a lack of faith in our prayers? I'm just going to sort of leave that with you. Uh, it shook me up for my prayer life to sort of maybe think in a different way, pray in a different way, pray with expect- more expectancy. Um, should we be shocked by answered prayer, whether large or small? I believe that approaching prayer with both a sense of expectancy and in the knowledge that we can leave our prayers with God to his ways and his timings is what is required. Again, he knows what is best, and it goes back to that Jeremiah scripture for the plans. He has those plans. So I think if we, if we just take those two points today and just, um, I'll just ask the Holy Spirit to maybe uh, ask you where you are on your faith journey and where you are in your prayer life. And I believe that you, you, he will be able to show you um, where it is we need to, to act. Through.